Hey guys, it's Moonbear. Sorry I'm late with the next podcast. It was gonna be the unedited version of another podcast I'm on, but now that I listen to the footage, like the footage is all weird because Premiere Pro is likes to be sus with audio files. So instead of the unedited version, I'm just gonna add the ad- the edited one on my podcast as today's podcast. Uh, and then, uh, you guys should check out Share a Slice Podcast because that's where the original audio is from, and you should give him a listen and search him up because his podcast is cool. So with that, here we go. I just wanna free my titties, they just wanna be free. You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Share a Slice. I'm your host, Sean McGuire. So on this episode, I'm happy to have on the show Moonbear. Um, that's actually the pseudonym for Cabrina H. Adams. And uh, she hails out of Brooklyn, New York. And she's a member of the up-and-coming group Skate Kitchen. And uh, Skate Kitchen actually is the name of a feature-length movie, which is uh, was recently featured over at Sundance uh, Movie Festival in Utah. And uh, the movie itself is based on That One Day, which is a short film that was uh, actually made for the uh, clothing line Mew Mew, or commissioned rather, and it's by Crystal Mosel, and it uh, stars Rachel Vinberg in it. Well, uh, Cabrina was also in that film, and that really sort of catapulted her towards uh, more multimedia. Uh, She's in magazines, she's in um, doing modeling, she's in um, advertisements, uh, appearing in uh, podcasts, and uh, as I said before, she's uh, also in the uh, Skate Kitchen, uh, the new movie that uh, was featured in Sundance, and uh, during this interview with um, Cabrina, actually, uh, or otherwise known as Moonbearer, we talk about how she met the other members of Skate Kitchen. Um, We talk a little bit about her childhood and how she got into skating and uh, what skating means for her, the different kinds of skating, and, uh, you know, DJing as well. And we also talk about nipple stickers as well. And uh, uh, Moon Bear she wears nipple stickers because she doesn't care what other people think she wants to be free and she wants to be able to wear whatever she wants to wear so that's cool we'll talk about that as well and uh yeah um before we get to that though i just want to let everybody know that um i did get a new microphone and i am basically replacing almost everything in my studio So that means that the sound is going to change. I hope it's going to change for the better, but until it changes for the better, it's going to be different and it might not be as good. So I'm just warning everybody that I'm getting a grip on this new mic and uh, all the equipment 
and uh, change is, uh, you know, it may not always be great at first, but it's necessary, I think. So I hope everybody will have patience with that. Uh, now, so without further ado, uh, let's talk to Moonbear, and uh, we'll jump right into the conversation about how she got into skateboarding. So Cabrina, a.k.a. Moonbear, welcome so much to the show today. Thank you. So, uh, Cabrina, you're living there in uh, Brooklyn, and uh, you actually, you have your own camera there, and you document your your life, and part a huge part of your life, well, a gigantic part of your life is skating, right? Skateboarding. Um, I mean, tell me a little bit about uh, when you got into skateboarding and how you got into skateboarding. Okay, so I got started with skateboarding when I was 12, so that's like more than a decade ago. I saw Tony Hawk on like, I forget which channel was like some Nick channel or like some sports channel, and he's like riding a really big ramp, and I was like, oh, that looks so cool, and he's professional, and he's like skateboarding like as his lifestyle and like for living, I was like, I want to do that too. And then for, yeah, for my birthday, I got a skateboard from my dad. Cool. And, and I mean, your dad also, he gave you, I mean, you were playing around with your dad's camera. I read, or I think I heard this on another podcast. You were talking about you, yeah. you got in with that and that like, that was like one of the ingredients for inspiration for you, I think. Yeah, I didn't even realize it because it was such a long time ago, but that was probably the first time I like started recording with a, a camcorder and that was like an old school one that was like really big. Well, actually it's handheld, but it's bigger than my camera right now. And mine is a mirrorless and that's really surprising because I don't know, it's it's like the technology is different and I guess that's why my camera is smaller than the one I used years ago. Yeah, I, I remember when I was at uh, in high school. I went to uh, like I was one of the AV club nerds, so like we used yeah. to play around with that stuff. And my uh, my favorite was this big um, VHS camera, like this giant, and you just stick the VHS tape inside it and it records. And it was huge. It was pretty I awesome. Bet. Yeah, we did like yeah. stop motion, all that kind of stuff. How long did that take back then? <laughs> it was just uh, well, the stock mo- the stop motion took a while, but uh, you know, uh, uh, the camera is just was it was just giant, and my sister used to always uh, tape over my shows too on those tapes and stuff. And it's just amazing for me looking back at like just the fact that everybody has a, a like a film quality camera in their pocket now. Like if you got an iPhone or a good Samsung phone, you can literally record a movie. The cameras are so good. I know, and people are always like, I have friends that I want to get into vlogging, and then so they're like, oh, I need this camera and that camera. I'm like, do you have a phone from the past two years? And they're like, yes, and I'm like, that's all you need. Totally, and your your vlog, actually, uh, let me get to that here. That's called... uh, well, your your vlog, first of all, that's on YouTube. That's on uh, Moonbeard Died, Moonbear Died here. I almost said Moonbeard, Moonbear Died yeah. here. And uh, you've got a podcast too. 
Uh, you just started out that out on Anchor, and it's uh, Moonbear in New York City, New Moonbear in NYC, right? Yeah, but you can also find it by like searching Moonbear died here, like when you put in anchor.com. Mm-hmm. I mean, anchor.fm. Right, right. And that, yeah. and you just do that on your phone, or you do it with your camera. Yeah, it's really weird because I realized a few months ago that my camera has the best microphone out of every mic that I have. So I was like, I'm just going to record it on my um, camera and then go go in Premiere Pro and remove the audio and then put it together and add some background music and upload it on the desktop, my desktop or my and, laptop. And the, the quality there is really good. But I notice on your camera there, you've got the muff, like the, f- the furry thing, and that's good for outdoor yeah. shots and stuff like that. It's good for wind. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of your camera and your vlog, I mean, a lot, I mean, most of the taping revolves for you, it seems, around like life in the city and also around the skate kitchen. And the skate kitchen, that's like kind of like your, um, your squad. It's like kind of like your group of friends, right? And acquaintances, you guys all skated or skate rather. Yeah, yeah. So my vlogs are like, usually me in the city and like some stuff with the skate kitchen because like I'm with them and it's been pretty cool like having a sort of I don't know what to call it like this kind of lifestyle that I'm living is really weird but really cool yeah lifestyle I mean it just looks like I mean you're doing like so let's see you you, you skate you you do you've been doing some modeling did did the modeling come out of the short film that you were part of um i believe uh, it was uh crystal moselle crystal mosel did a film it was for a uh, company Mew Mew, and it's called that one day it's a short film i saw it it's really good and you were you had a part in that film you were part of the this like the group of women uh, skateboarders there is that where like this lifestyle kind of blossomed out of that where now you're doing like multimedia or did you have that before i so i think everything sort of came after the short film that one day was released because we weren't even really a group before that it started while we were filming for that one day like we like rochelle made an instagram account she named mm-hmm. it the skate kitchen and then we started posting on there and then the short film came out and then people just like were drawn to it. Like as we got more press, like more people found it and then we had more like shoots being done and this and that. And it, it just snowballed from there. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm seeing you on multiple media like magazines. Uh, I mean, Ro- Rochelle Vinberg, actually, she was the main character in that short, uh, Camille. And uh, I watched it. Now... I watched a short film on Vimeo, actually. I'll put a link in the show notes. And it seems to be about her, you know, finding her own kind, like her, her, uh, her, you know, her, I guess, family, I guess, you know, like fellow skaters, fellow women skaters, actually, because at the beginning of that movie, I mean, it was rough. She went to a skate park and there was like dudes everywhere and they were, you know, disrespecting her and she fell over a lot of times in that movie I noticed uh I mean yeah that that was a big deal to, I mean tell me a little bit about what it's like being a woman in the skater in the skating scene right now and how it was when you got started well now it's a bit different because like people 
sort of know what I do and stuff like that. But before, it was more scary. Like, uh, I think, how old was I? Like, I forget when I started trying to go to a skate park, but I didn't really skate there. I would just watch people. Mm-hmm. Even though, for me, when when I was in Staten Island, some, like, boys would, like, say, hey, I, like, want to help you skate, or you could try this and that. But I was just, like, I don't know. I was really intimidated. It also has to do with, uh, like, separate from skateboarding, I was just really, like, self-conscious. So it was really, uh, like, I don't know. I was just always uh, too focused on, like, negative things instead of trying something, like, that would probably be good or benefit me Mm -hmm. in different ways. So, like, as well as, like, outside of the skate park, when I was, like, 14... I would have my skateboard, right? And if there were, like, too many people around, I didn't want to, like, skate, like, just cruising because it just felt like a a lot of people were watching. But that really isn't the case, which is I've learned over the years. You just have to, like, do things, and it doesn't really matter what uh, people are thinking because they're usually thinking about themselves just like you are. Yeah, that is a big deal. I know with me when I was, like, even when I was learning how to play the piano when I was a kid, I like would be afraid to practice even in my own house when in reality, you know, n- nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like if you're walking around outside, if I'm walking around outside, I go to the beach or whatever and I don't have my shirt on, you know, and I'm, I've always been a bit heavy set. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to do that. And then I realized that no one actually, no one actually is looking like no one really cares. And uh, you just, I just needed to chill, you know? Yeah. But I will say, um, there were some times when skating, like, uh, I want to say maybe in the past two to three years, like I'd be somewhere and like boys, I don't know what it is. Like they just assume that you're not going to skate. So they'll like keep going and like, instead of just letting you go, like how they let other people go, which I found really annoying. What do you mean they'd keep going? You mean that they wouldn't let you have a turn? Yeah, it's called, like, because there's, like, an etiquette in, like, any kind of skate park or, like, ramp or something. And then Mm -hmm. it's called snaking if people just keep going and going and going. There's some people who just, like, do it to everyone, but then it it seems, like, more towards, like, girls when it's, yeah. So they just assume you're there to, like, uh, look at the boys skate. Yeah, to not skate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've, I mean, these skate parks, I mean, here in Montreal, I don't know if we, how many we have. I'm, I'm not really a skater myself. So, um, I don't really see a lot. Like I see a lot of people skating just kind of like around public buildings and parks and stuff like that. And I just wonder, like, uh, I don't know what it's like in, in, in Brooklyn or New York, but, uh, do you guys get hassled sometimes? by cops or people who are like, yo, don't, don't skate here. I guess yeah, not in the parks, really, but it depends on where you're at. Cause, uh, I don't know. Some people, they don't mind or they have to tell you cause they're security. They like, Oh, I got to tell you to leave and mm-hmm. like that. But usually I've been riding like indoors, so I haven't really noticed it recently, but there is a spot, uh, near, uh, what is it? Borough hall. And pretty much no one bothers you there. It's just people get in the way. Like they don't know where to move when you're trying to escape because they don't understand your line. 
which is the 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 direction you're going to be skating and the trick you're doing. So they kind of like, yeah, they ruin it. That could be kind of dangerous sometimes too, right? I guess if you you got some idiot getting in your way. Yeah, but people should know, like if you're someone, something's coming in their direction and they're at at a faster speed than you, you shouldn't like stay there and let yourself get hit. Well, especially like a board. I mean, they're not exactly super silent. You can hear them on their way. Yeah. I mean. And if you're walking in the direction that it's coming from, you know, just go to the side or something. Yeah. Have you gotten into any brutal uh, smashes or anything like that? Have you like, uh, I'm assuming um, you've fallen down. I mean, everybody falls down, but yeah, have you really I, twisted I yourself up? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I took a beating this weekend. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I think the ramps were slippery. I wasn't even, it's like I already got to the top and came back down. And then I was just trying to like turn. It depends on what ramp I'm talking about. But either way, it was like a, a slight turn made me fall down because the, the ramps were slippery or the ground indoors yeah. were slippery. It's early, I guess it's early on. You never, you never ended up in the, like the hospital or anything like that, right? No, I've, I really try to not do anything too extreme because I'm a bit older and I'm, I do have insurance, but like I have to pay rent and stuff. So if I can't move around to, to go make money, I, that's not going to be like, that's going to be an issue. (laughs) Yeah. Don't get me started because I'm here in Canada where like, you know, we don't, I mean, I, I have insurance, but I mean, it, it only covers, it doesn't cover a, like a hospital visit. That's all, you know, paid for, you know, but yeah. anyway, we won't get in too far into the <laughs> politics, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, you guys, I mean, when, when did you meet the other members of the skate kitchen? Cause I know, I, I know, you know, Rochelle, uh, uh, I, I, she fe- features heavily in the movie, at least the, the short rather one, the, that one day, but when, and, and when, how did you meet these, uh, these girls and like, uh, how did this all gel together? Hmm, okay. So it's a bit, since there's a few of us. Okay. Let's see how I can break it down. It's like the inner met, circle, the middle <laughs> circle, the outer circle. <laughs> I met Nina first because, uh, we'd always be at the same kind of skateboarding events and then one of my friends who knew her better invited her to a party that I invited my other friend to and then we became better friends from there and this was like almost three years ago and then so I met everyone else through Nina and I think Alex who's a boy I met him last year I believe through like Rochelle and Nina I mean, who approached who, like, uh, for the for the short? I mean, did were you guys just hanging out and skating? Like, did you guys, were you guys putting out any kind of media or movies before then? Or was it, did you guys no, just No, there have- was no skate kitchen. There was no account. There was no nothing before the, the film started getting filmed. Uh, yeah, and- so, Crystal saw Nina and Rochelle on the train. And then she asked for their email addresses and said she'd email them if they wanted to and asked them if they wanted to be in a a short film. And they said, yeah. And she's like, get more girls if you know more girls. And he was like, yeah, she knows more girls that skate. And then we started meeting with Crystal. And then she's like, okay, it's going to be from Mew Mew. And this is the script and this is that. And then the next thing you know, like maybe 
a few weeks later, we were filming the short. Wow. That's like whirlwind. Yeah, and, it's, it was about two years ago. And around she, this time. And she's just like on the train. And I guess like you guys just basically skate everywhere you go. So she's like, yeah. whoa, look at that. Like, uh, you know, two women skating on skateboards everywhere. That's cool. I mean, that's, I guess, how she was able to get in touch with you guys. It's so cool because these days, you know, I got in touch with you over the internet. I mean, that's where how everything happens, but it's so chance that she just ran into the, you you know, those, those guys like just on the train, like, yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. serendipitous or whatever. I think it's cool. I think that's how things are going to be moving forward. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let, I mean, let's get right into it. What, what's the deal with skating? Okay. Cause, um, and have some patience with me. I, I never really was into skating. I, I mean, I went, I can't ice skate my, my like ankles are screwed up. So I know it's different, but I can't, I can't ice skate. I never could do that. I, 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 I didn't really do much snowboarding, you know, I'm that kind of thing. So I don't, I guess I don't really get it. So to an yeah. outsider like me, I, I just see, especially with tricks, with cruising, like the way I understand it, that's different. It's like you're getting from point A to point B. That That's cool. That makes sense. But for someone doing <laughs> tricks over and over again, I'm just like, okay, they're just trying to like go over that railing or whatever, like over and over again. For me, I'm actually, I just started doing this kickflip challenge with a follower on Instagram. So for me, I wanted, I like challenging myself. So when I make something a challenge, it's more likely that I'm going to do it. And now that I have another person like with me trying to do this, it makes it like, like more fun and like much, like much more of like a reason to do it. And for, for tricks in general, it's that you, you really like how it looks and you want to like move forward and progress with like skateboarding because there's people who can just cruise and they can like get away with doing like some little things. But when you set time aside to like actually learn tricks and then keep building, you can just keep doing more and more tricks from the ones that you just learned and it can turn into like a variation of those tricks. And it's just like, it's just another thing, like how people like podcasts and like taking photos, like it's all the same. It's just something that helps people progress and have like a goal in mind, you know, instead of just like wandering around. It's like, I guess it's kind of like dancing too, right? Cause you got different moves and you got to practice the moves. Yeah. To dance properly. Yeah, maybe like that. Well, I mean, what kind of di- skating you, you, do you do? Because when I heard you on the, uh, I think it was the Parks Department podcast, uh, you were talking about like West Coast versus East Coast. So uh, this all like flew right over my head. Like, what are some basic terms when it comes to skating? And like, what w- what are some really basic kind of tricks and, and styles? Well, for skateboarding, the basics of like what it is, there's street skateboarding where you just go throughout the city and not in the skate park and you skate what's around on the, like the streets, like the sidewalks, wherever it is. And then with skate parks, it's either like there's a plaza or there's some sort of like, there may be a ramp or a bowl in there, but in New York, there's not really that many 
bowls to begin with, but there's like little quarters. So that would be more street besides the ramps being in there. Cause those are usually not big. There's, it's just like, like you can get to start learning transition. So transition skate parks wouldn't have like, like ledges and like platforms and boxes and whatever. It just have like bowls and like more ramps sort of, and like, uh, like things that you'd be able to carve on, like, and go fast and not really doing like technical tricks. So mm-hmm. there's, yeah. So the difference there be in California, there's more like they do more skate parks skating over there because they have to drive a lot. And like, maybe some of them do street skating. I think they do, but it seems more like skate park oriented unless they're professionals and they're like filming a video. So they, they drive all over the place. And in New York, there's a lot more of a, a street culture because we don't have big ramps and all that around. That makes sense. What's your, I mean, what's your favorite part of like skating? I mean, what, where, where do you kind of like, where do you, you kind of go Zen or, you know, meditative or get into the zone when you're skating? It's really when I'm cruising down this this long avenue in Manhattan called um, Broadway. It, I forget yeah. where it starts, but it goes all the way down to the very bottom of Manhattan. And sometimes yeah. I'll start from like 34th Street and go all the way down. That's that's more than 30 blocks, even though it's called 34th. It, it'd probably be like 50 blocks because when you get lower to the bottom, it stops being numbers and it's just streets. Right. Like, and so you just keep going. And I really like skating down that avenue, maybe more towards like later in the day, like when there really is no one out. So like 5 a.m. would be the best time because there's barely any cars and barely any people. And they say New York City doesn't sleep, but I feel like around that time it's, it's very, very empty. Yeah, I mean, I've I I know the street. I've been to New York a few times. Broadway is like this, like north south running street, and it goes yeah. far. And uh, uh, I also remember when you talk about New York doesn't sleep. I don't know because my wife and I were in New York, and we were around the little Italy. It was like around like Canal Street, like around that type area. Yeah, it's and over like, there. Yeah, and like uh, it started getting dusk, right? And man, everyone mm-hmm. just packed their stuff up. I think there's like a Kmart around there too, or there was. Anyway, everybody was packing all their stuff up and everyone left. And then like all the like, all the metal like bars and, and doors like came down on all the shop fronts. And it felt just ominous. Like every, like there was no <laughs> one around, you know? And we're like, what the yeah. hell, man? You know, doesn't have that vibe. I mean, a place like Times Square. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the crazy time all the time, but around that area, no, it felt empty to me. I mean, uh, I felt a little unsafe, to be honest. It was weird. (laughs) But I think um, that's funny. I usually don't feel unsafe there. Or like usually any part of Manhattan. I always have a skateboard, so I don't generally feel unsafe because I'm going really fast. Because you can just go. fast enough. Yeah. I'm not going to wait for anybody to come for me. Yeah, that was one of my questions, like, because, you know, being a woman and all, you know, you know, the deal, like late at night, that kind of thing. I mean, it might be feel kind of scary. But I guess if you have your board, you know, you can outrun anybody on the board, you're proficient with the board. Never thought about that. She could whack him with it, too. 
<laughs> yeah, you can't. It's it's also a weapon because you can kill somebody with your skateboard because of the metal trucks that are on there. Yeah, that's like it, one hit, real good hit to the head, and you know somebody might die. Damn! Wow. Okay, never thought of that. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, I get you where when like uh, w- w- you know the I-, I get you with the you know cruising, like uh, even though I've never cruised, I don't know like forget it with me but uh i mean the thing is that you know when you're alone and it's quiet i mean me and my friends were driving across the country and we were in wisconsin and it was like 4 a.m totally quiet felt like i was the only person in the world basically that's the way it feels or it felt like to me so i think i kind of get you there a little bit um so and also uh speaking of being feeling kind of vulnerable the way I felt a bit in that part of town. Um, you also have a site, your, your website actually. And it's, uh, it's, it's about, well, okay. It was about moon bear, but also it's about nipple stickers. Right. And that's like, uh, basically the idea that you, you don't need to wear a shirt, which is legally the case in Brooklyn actually, but you can put these like little, like, uh, nipple stickers. stickers on your nipper nipples so you don't like i guess freak people out or so the wind doesn't blow directly in your nipples <laughs> what's the deal <laughs> no i personally will wear um nipple stickers because i don't want my actual nipples out but in new york okay. state the entire state you can you can go around without like anything on like as a woman you mean like not a shirt but you, yeah, you have to wear shirt, pants and underwear bra. though yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, I mean. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of unhygienic. Yeah, but <laughs> you're gonna go to jail. <laughs> but okay, so you like you don't so you don't need to wear that. I think it's the same here in Montreal too. I know that in the park in the summertime, because otherwise you'll freeze to death, right? <laughs> but in the summertime, uh, if you go to the park, uh, we have something called bongos in the uh, on Sunday. What is it? Bongos in the park. Tam Tam's in the park and like, like a whole bunch of hippie types go there. And a lot of the women don't wear any shirts or bras or anything. And it's like really not a big deal. Right. Um, no big deal. So, um, I mean, you've got a YouTube video. I watched It's uh, a brief intro to nipple stickers. You've got the intro to your, uh, vlogs is like, I just want to free my titties. I just want to be free. Like, is it more than just a comfort thing for you? Is it like a philosophical kind of like equal rights sort of thing? I think it turned into that without me trying to. Uh, The original intent of me doing it was, uh, let me see. In 2015, I was at a festival and I was like, yeah, next summer, I'm not going to wear a shirt. I'm just going to have these stickers on when I come back and it's going to be fun. And then that's what happened. But I actually started wearing them before I went to, the same festival again the next year. I, I first wore stickers at Pride Parade. And it was really weird for me because I didn't expect to get the response that I got. Because, you know, I always assumed that um, women, other women had like like better breasts than me. So, I don't know. I was just like, okay, it's just going to be like, just I'm just going to have my tits out and that's it. But no, it was just like, wow, this, that. And, and people were taking pictures and all this stuff. It was just a different experience than I like intended. 
a little too much attention, maybe. No, it was just it was weird, but it was it, it was, was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so like when you thought about this, like, uh, it, w did you grow up in a house that was pretty like relaxed with uh, with nudity, or were you more like, uh, were you just like, you know, fuck this, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, do this? It's very interesting because the 17 year old version of me would never do that. I'd be like, wow, what is this person doing? Like, why would they have their shirt off? So that was not the case. <laughs> It's just like as I grew up, uh, uh, my um, opinions on certain things have changed. As my like uh, viewpoint, I've seen things from different viewpoints. So uh, I guess I've expanded my, um, I don't know what to call it. Expanded your horizons or something. Yeah, something like that. And so like, uh, so you've you're kind of conservative. And then, I mean, that's kind of kind of uber brave in my opinion to do that like to like say i'm not gonna wear because you're probably like the only person who's not wearing okay let me rephrase this you're probably <laughs> the only woman who's not wearing a shirt in any given like like uh, time a lot of the time unless i'm like really out of touch with uh what's going on in, no, in like, new york these days it's been when did i start doing this i started doing this I made a mistake before when I said the year, but I started doing this in 2015 and yeah, yeah, I don't really see that many other women doing it, but I've influenced some people to like try it because I have stickers. I was sponsored at some point. I don't know if it's still going. Oh. So I have like a bunch of extra and girls would like want to do it and they wear it with me, but it was really me by myself wearing it from the beginning. Like people are afraid, I guess. I'm not sure. Or they don't like yeah, their mean, bodies and stuff like that. I'm just like, uh, could be. I don't know. C could be. I mean, uh, I know that my wife and I, like when we were younger, back in the day, we went to clubs occasionally. And my wife would just like take like electrical tape yeah, and just put that on her nipples, like <laughs> X's. Okay. Because she didn't have fancy stickers, right? Yeah. <laughs> or we didn't know about these things. So, I mean, we did do that. And, uh, I mean, depending on the club you go to, it's not a really a big deal a lot of the time, but just walking down the street, that's like a different context. So if you're like walking down the street and people are going to work and they're drinking <laughs> their Starbucks and they're living their lives in their sort of cloistered, like everyday work kind of environment, and you're walking around with your, your, you know, your boobs there and they can see them, then like, I imagine that it might kind of, kind of mess with their head a bit because they'll be like wait a minute uh context you know and also because <laughs> most people have sexualized women's breasts right yeah, that is very true so yeah so like they see that and they can't like separate it which is really screwed up when you've got a woman who's breastfeeding her kid right yeah because like there's like nothing sexual about that whatsoever but people have it like wired in their heads like breasts sex so in a sense, women can't even like take their shirts off without everybody saying, no, you can't do that because it's sexual, right? So it's like this idea of sexualizing the breasts has like almost like taken away women's freedom to take their shirts off. And if you think about it, it's not like women don't look at a nice man's chest and say, 
they're going to say that's, that's hot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I like that. So it's interesting because like with men, they're like, you know, it's like they can get away with doing that. And you just need to like contextualize whether that's, whether it's sexy or not based on whether you like the guy or whether you don't like the guy, where the guy is, what the guy's doing. But with women, you, the women don't have that freedom, right? To just, to, to have people think a little more about whether or not they should be sexualizing that. I don't know, I, I'm getting all deep, but you know what I mean? No, like that's totally it. Like I'll be somewhere and then like I was, I had it, I didn't get that part in the vlog um last april but i was basically skating in this park with my friends and then we were like oh we're going to the train so i was like yeah i'm gonna go and i'm not gonna put my shirt on until we get into like the train and then as we were like uh about to get into the train station some woman who was like a vendor on union square she's like uh she said i forget if she said why don't i have a shirt on or to put my shirt on i was like would you tell a guy to do that and then she was quiet she didn't say anything and I'm like, exactly. <laughs> does not compute. Yeah, it's like a, a previous guest on the show, uh, Jenna Jimenez. She actually wore a see-through shirt to uh, Women's March. She got like, she got shade from both women and men about that. And she said, look, I, I want to I live for a day where I can like wear whatever I want and I can get no harassment, right? Because like, she because like it's true like you know if you want if you're with someone and like you want them to be turned on by you you take off your shirt you're there it's like a sexual kind of like uh ambiance right like yeah. it's that's the way it is but like if you're just walking down the street drinking your coffee or whatever it's not there that it's not a sexual and sexualized environment anyway that's just me other people probably disagree. Uh, have you ever, have you, so you've been harassed, quote unquote, by like, uh, you know, women, um, ticket sales people. Have you ever like caught in, caught any slack or whatever from, not slack, but flack from the cops or anything like that? No, because it's, like I said, it's legal. So they, legal. they can't really do anything. They could they try. They stare, but they can't if, do anything. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If like someone doesn't know their rights and stuff like that, but I know. So I'd be like, um, and I also have a police card because my family's police officers or they used to be. So oh. I definitely, nothing would happen. <laughs> But that's like a that's like a an employee type card. Like it's something to say it's there's a cop in your family or something. It's like I call it a get out of jail free card <laughs> because that's basically like I don't do anything crazy, but I have it with me in case like there's an incident or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or or in case you see you have a friend who gets into an incident, who yeah. knows, right? Yeah. Exactly. Do you, do you like, um, have you ever had one of these uh, nipple stickers like accidentally come off? Uh, maybe the, the glue gets dirty or something and no. it doesn't stay stuck it's really, or anything like it's that? It's really, really stuck on there. So the only time it comes off is if someone takes it off, which is me. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, which you don't want to do that. You want to you just yank that off, basically. Yeah, no, the saying. longer you wear it, the more it's going to be like, there's resistance to it coming off of you. 
Okay, so it like heats up the glue or something like that. I'm not sure. What I know is that I take my time when I take it off if I've had it on for plus hours in a day. Okay, because like I, I was just thinking about like, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're going down the street and then the one flies off and you're like, oh, crap. And then you have to like, I don't know, what do you do then? Anyway, you haven't had that problem, no, so that's good. Because there's also Keep backups. Um, that that can come off because I've had friends who didn't like read their directions inside the packaging, but most, most people don't even realize. And they just, you know, that's with a lot of things. People don't read stuff and they just do whatever. And so like my friends, a nipple sticker was like not all the way on properly. It didn't fly off or anything, but when you put it on with this, uh, like little cloth, that's a circular to go over a nipple. And if you don't put it on properly yeah. and it's the like the sample nipple sticker that I have for people, that there's more likely of a chance it'll start like um, peeling off of you. Yeah, that, that probably wouldn't be cool. Are, are you looking for like a future where like are, would you look for a future where people could just like go like women could just go bare breasted completely just like men so you have equality right i mean that's you may not do it yourself necessarily but that's kind of what you're you're gearing towards you think yeah i think i don't i really don't see the problem the only problem is the way people view boobs yeah and so yeah for sure and i i hope that one I, day we'd all live in a world like the entire world where it's not an issue yeah, I mean, uh, maybe a world where like people see female boobs the same way they kind of see male boobs is like, if you see a nice looking guy or a nice looking woman, you could say, wow, that's very attractive, right? She's very attractive. He's very attractive. But that doesn't factor in as to whether or not they're allowed to, you know, they're allowed to go bare chested and whether or not they quote, deserve, unquote, harassment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what about your family and friends? Are they like, do they get it? Like, yeah, I think, mother, brother, sister? I think they, it's been a while now. So, my friends were the first to like see because they're with me. And then they're like, I'm always doing it when I started or when I'm usually doing it, I'm with my friends. Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. gen I never felt like unsafe when I was doing it. There's been times when I've done it by myself. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm here and I'm going to skate all the way to Manhattan from Brooklyn. And it wasn't an issue. It was daytime. I knew where I was going. And it was just, it was funny because the the parents were just looking upset because there were children around. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they've seen porn or something somewhere. So this is probably or, not or the first boobs. time. Yeah. It's normal. It's, it's like how women are put together. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I just... It's pretty funny. I usually, I think in the beginning, I was doing it more at parties. I did it at the skate park, but it was generally like parties and that were skateboarding related. And I knew the guys there and everybody was fine. Like, of course, some people were like, you know, oh, look, you, like the boobs are out and stuff. Or they like try to talk to me or whatever. But it, like, I didn't feel like harassed or anything like in environments with like skateboarders who are guys. And we were just at like a friend's ramp. Yeah, it was just, it was fine. Relatives okay with it? Or do you just kind of like um, keep the keep the boob stickers out of the well, house? They, I don't really wear it in the house and I don't live with my parents. Yeah. So 
they I think Not they've seen it because of Facebook when I used to be active on there, like on my personal account. So I think other family would see it and then like say something. But and I I done a uh what do you call it? A fashion show recently and the designer like specially let me wear a top backwards and cut it so that it like fit like my boobs and like me with nipple stickers. And my dad was asking for the pictures and I was like, well, I'm going to show you, but you know, it's, it's going to be different than like a, a normal fashion show. And then he said the pictures were fine. Like uh, they pretty much know yeah. I don't really hide anything. But he, he was, he was probably like once, once it's in a fashion show show that kind of legitimizes it properly. So I can see where he'd be like, okay, you yeah. know, she's a fashion model. She's in a fashion show. This is fashion. It's all cool. It's legit. Yeah. But Looking I, good, I told him right? before, like when I first started that, like about what I do. So he would have known. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, and you're doing like on the side there, you're doing a bit of DJing too. And in addition to the modeling, um, and I'll be putting some links up to that. Maybe you're doing some, some DJing and I, I hear that you may be doing some spinning in Japan perhaps over the summer. Yeah, that is my goal. But with the movie coming, I think it might mm. have to be put on hold, which is kind of annoying to me because I've been wanting to go to Japan since last year like the beginning of last yeah. year and I said I was going to go this year and it's conflicting with what I'm saying. It, yeah. And then you're in Japan. I, I hear is cool. I'd like to go myself. And and the movie you're talking about actually is uh, called uh, the skate kitchen. And uh, you guys just got back from uh, Utah not long ago. You guys went to Sundance with this feature film that, we, that you guys did. Um, and uh, how, I mean, how was the trip to Sundance? How did that go? The trip was great. Like it was a really fun time there. That was probably the second party we had there was probably the best party I've had all year. I know it's still fresh and new into the year, but I don't know if anything's going to top that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for like a while, like maybe a couple of years. So kind of crazy. Like it was a house party in, in uh, where is it? Uh, Salt Lake City? Park City. Park City. Uh, no, it was uh, okay. like at a venue. There was Diplo there, Usher there. Um, who else? Wow. Have you ever watched the show Mad Men? I forget his name right now, but the main character, he was there. He's like, he enjoyed the movie. It was really, really cool. There was a lot of Holy support. Crap. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a fun and time. this is like two years later, man. <laughs> Jeez. That's like whirlwind. So you're you're living the life now. You're jet setting. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that yet. When I can go to Japan and Australia and Africa and just go all over the place because I'm doing a bunch of like different collabs and just work in general, then yeah, I'm jet setting. But I feel like I'm not there yet. So basically, um, so can you leave us with a, a few like, um, you know, uh, things you might have learned or suggestions or cautions, especially to like young women or girls who want to get into skating and, and, you know, you know, break into this scene. Can you, can you give me a little bit of like what you learned about that or maybe even some advice to other people? I think for everyone, not just girls, that when you want to do something, you should 
not wait to do it because you never know what's going to happen the next day. And so I think you just have to learn to get courage to to do whatever it is that you want to do and not to worry about what other people are going to think because you never know who you're going to affect in a positive way, which is what I've noticed the Skate Kitchen and myself have done. And it's a really good feeling to like help other people with like wanting to skate and wanting to do this and uh, just being able to have the courage to do it in their city and to be inspired by us. Thanks so, so much for being on the show today. No problem. Thank you. This was cool. So that's about it for this episode. I'd really like to thank Moonbear slash Cabrina Adams for being on this program. And I want you all to visit her YouTube and her Instagram. Uh, you just go to Moonbear Died Here in either platforms and you'll get right to it. And uh, you're going to see some really cool videos that uh, Moonbear made you know, about her own personal rants and about how she visited Utah uh, for Sundance. And then, of course, about Skate Kitchen, which is the movie that, um, you know, was premiered in Utah. And you'll be hearing more about that movie later on, I'm absolutely sure. So do do visit Moonbear at her various platforms and also listen to her podcast. If you go to um, iTunes or wherever and you just look up Moonbear in NYC or just Moonbear will probably get you where you need to go. Um, you'll get to listen to Moonbear's life and I guarantee you it's quite entertaining. It's very cool. So do give that a listen.